Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, and to give you a future and a hope. So how many know tonight that's God's will for us to have favor? It's God's will for us to, have, to be blessed. It's God's will for us to have an expected end. He says, I want to give you a future and a hope. And so that's, that's a positive thing to think about, to, to understand that I might have bitterness in me, but that's not God's will for me to have it. Another one is an awesome verse in Psalms 30, verse 5. Psalms 30, verse 5, and many of you will know this one. It says, anger is but for a moment. Do you realize that anger is not supposed to last forever? Amen? Anger is a root of bitterness, and we'll get into that tonight. So it says, anger is for a moment. Um, and the Bible actually says in another verse, to not sin in your anger. You can get angry and not sin. And so it says, anger is for a moment, and his favor is for life. So, so if you don't get anything else out tonight, that's God's will, that you would have favor for life. God wants us to have favor. And, th and then here's what he says. Weeping may endure for a night. Can somebody finish this for me? But joy comes in the morning. Amen? Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It's one of my favorite verses as well. Because you can have a bad day and know tomorrow's a new day. It can start fresh. I can have a new beginning. And how many know it's... It's an awesome thing to see that sunrise and know it's a new day. Amen. So scripturally, the Bible tells us that that problem or that situation may, may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now, I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 12, and I want to look at our text tonight. Hebrews chapter 12. I, I believe this is going to be a great message to help all of us individually. It's a great message to share, to tell people about. Um, I want to just uh, encourage you tonight to, to, to remember the power that we have in technology today. Amen. I know a lot of us are, I'm not, I'm not super big in it, but I try to use it as much as I can, and, and it's a vehicle, it's something we can use. If you know somebody that's not saved, or you know somebody that doesn't go to church, or you know somebody who's struggling with something, share these messages with them, amen? Take a, take a go to Google and, and put in VWO Texas Podbean, or go to our website, however you want to do it, copy and paste that link and send it to them. That's, 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 that's one of the ways you can plant seeds. They might not listen to it, but they might listen to it. And so let's, let's let, you know, what we're doing here expand around wherever you, you want it to go. Amen. Or listen to it yourself again. There's nothing wrong with hearing a message two or three times. Amen. And so let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 and 15. This particular one, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. And give me an amen if you're there. It says, work at living in peace with the people that you like the most. And work at living a holy life. That doesn't say that, does it? Work at living in peace with all or everyone. Okay, it says we've got to work it. So that's, that's a work. And it says, and work at living a holy life. For those, this is a powerful statement, those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Amen? You know, Brian was mentioning at prayer the times we're living in. We know the times we're living in. We're living in times where we're, we know that we're getting close to the end of grace, the end of the days. We don't know how much longer we have. Could be today. Could be next year. Could be five years. Could be next week. We don't know, but we do know this. We're close. Amen. And, and if, I, if, we gotta be, if we're going to be ready when the rapture happens, we got to make sure we have no root of bitterness in our hearts at all. Amen. Because he says, if you don't have holiness in your life, you will not see the Lord. Amen. Now, let me just put a plug on this. I know about you. I don't want to be here when, when things like uh, 
that begin to happen to make these hurricanes look like a sprinkle of rain. Amen. Amen. I don't want to be here when that kind of chaos that's happening in Houston and now happening down in, in different places is worldwide. I don't want to be here. Amen. I want, to, I want to be with the Lord. I want to see the Lord. Amen. How many want to see the Lord when it's time? So we got to make sure we stay clean from this world. Amen. So it says, look after verse 15, each other, so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. And watch this. It says, watch out. This is why I'm reading the New Living, that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. And then it says, corrupting many. Okay, so it is my job and it is your job. I cannot control what you do or what anybody does in my life. You cannot control what other people do, but you can control and I can control that I don't allow a root of bitterness to spring up in my heart that will cause me lots of trouble. How many agree with that? Cannot control what you do. If you walked up to me after church and just slapped me in the face, I can't control that. I can't stop that. I can't do anything about that. All I can do is, is how I control how I react. Amen. Now, I don't know exactly how I'd react. Amen. And I don't know, but I would, I would hope I would react good. Amen. But I can't, I don't know, amen, I, but I have that control, amen. I, I, if I wanted to, I could just slap you back real hard, amen, or I could just turn my other cheek like the Bible says. But what I'm trying to say is I don't have any control over hurricanes. I don't have any control over the economy. I don't have any control over sickness. I don't have any control over a lot of things in life, but I have control over what I allow those things to do in my spirit, amen. And so I got to make sure that I don't allow... This. So if you're taking notes, bitterness or favor, okay? Bitterness or favor, that, that would be the title, bitterness or favor. As I was talking to Pastor Bland, uh, many of you know he lives on a, on a, on a farm. He has, a, he has acres and he, he does all kinds of things. He has cows, he has um, uh, chickens, he has lots of things. So he, ha he does what's called alfalfa. He grows alfalfa so he can feed his cows. And he was telling a story that was interesting. You say he was growing this alfalfa. Uh, on his land, and f for, for two years in a row, he had everything right. He had the right soil, he had the right water, he had the right sun, he, had, he was doing everything that he knew he was supposed to do for that alfalfa to grow, and the first year of harvest, it just looked horrible. He, he, he went out and he went to go to harvest it, and it was just bad. And so he kind of took a loss, and then the next year, he talked to his, um, his neighbor, who does really good on that, and he said, hey, I had a bad year last year. Can you kind of tell me what's going on? Maybe give me some pointers. And so the guy gave him pointers, and, he, and he's like, man, I'm doing everything you're telling me. Everything you're saying I did last year, but I'm going to do it again. So for the second year in a row, he did it, and he did everything right. He had the right soil. He had the right um, uh, fertilizer. He had good water. He had the right sun. He had everything right. And, and then harvest came, and he looked over at his neighbor's yard and his neighbor's yard was perfect the alfalfa was tall and he had tons of harvest and he looked at his again and it was bad again I mean, you know that can be very frustrating you feel like you're doing it right and it's not working out so he calls his neighbor over and he says hey uh, I need you to look at this and so the neighbor comes over and the alfalfa was grown but it wasn't grown as high as it was supposed to be it wasn't the right color and he starts walking through this land and as he's walking around he stops and looks down and realizes that there was a root growing up with the alfalfa 
that was killing all that alfalfa. And you couldn't see it because it was down in the soil. It was down underground where when he would go out and look, you couldn't find it. Someone with a trained eye had to go and say, look, the reason this is happening has nothing to do with your soil, has nothing to do with the sun, has nothing to do with the water. It has to do with the fact that there's a root of of a weed in here that is killing, it's poisonous, and it's killing your alfalfa. And now he could have gone on for years and continued to struggle because that was not visible to his human eye. But another person came along and recognized it. That's why we have to be thankful for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will, re- will reveal things to us. If we're, if we're in the place that God wants us to be and that we want to be, we, we'll come to church. I love that someone posted today and said, I'm hungry for God. I'm excited to be in church. I love to see those things. I love to see people excited about coming to the house of God, coming just to say, Lord, teach me today. I want to learn. I want to know something about you. And when we come in with the Spirit that says, Holy Spirit, speak to me tonight, God can do a lot. He's looking for vessels like that, amen? So we have to understand that we, Ephesians 4.27 says, don't give place to the devil. Don't give place to the devil. We know that John 10.10 10 says that, that, that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God, Jesus comes to give life and more abundantly. We know the Bible says that he comes to, to, to devour like a roaring lion. We, we know there's an enemy. We know that there's a battle that we're in. And we have to guard and shield our stuff that Satan would not come against us. So we've got to learn to resist the devil. I want to quickly give you five things tonight that you can look at and, 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 and see if, if there are some, some symptoms in your life that would be the root of bitterness. Okay, And it doesn't mean that these are the only five, but I really believe that these are five very clear ones and, and as I'm saying them, please don't take this as condemning. Take this as something that the Holy Spirit is speaking to all of us to make sure that we are not walking around with any kind of bitterness in our hearts. Amen. We've, we've already established that it's not God's will. It's God's will to give us favor. It's God's will, God's will for us to be abundant. Number one, and, and it's complaining. Complaining. I want you to go to Exodus chapter 15, and I want you to look at this. We're going to run through these real quick. Um, and give you verses for each one. Exodus chapter 15, complaining. Now, that doesn't mean that, that sometimes you complain. Everybody complains sometimes. What this would mean is a symptom. How many know that if, if you have a symptom, it means it stays there? It doesn't just come and go. It stays there. Symptom, it, you wouldn't have to be like, man, I'm, I've got this, I've got that. If it stays around, when you know when you're sick when something is wrong and it stays wrong. Okay, it doesn't go from like one day to the next. You start to go, man, I've, I've got something wrong with me. Let me look at the symptoms and figure out what it is. Is it a cold? Is it a flu? Is it allergies? So if this is one of those things, it might not be something you do all the time, or, or it might be, not be something that's totally there, but you begin to look at it and say, man, I, I'm realizing that I complain a lot. Now, here's the interesting thing. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal this sometimes because you might not even realize it. You might not even realize it till this message. The Holy Spirit might need to, you know, speak to you tonight and say, hey, this is something you're dealing with. You might not have any of these things, praise God. But it's definitely a sign. And the the Egyptians, or sorry, the Israelites had this problem big time. Okay? And and it says in Exodus 15, verse 23, give me an amen if you're there. It says, they came to Merah, and they could not drink the waters of Merah, for they were what? Bitter. And therefore, the name of it was called Merah. And what did the people do when the water was bitter? 
They complained. Now, this is an interesting thing. Before I move on here, this is an interesting thing. Could Moses control that the water was bitter? Did Moses have some kind of potion that he could drop in the water and make it sweet? Moses had no control over the bitter water, yet who did they complain against? Moses. Or who did they complain to, I should say? Amen. This kind of goes back to our message, I think it was Sunday morning, where we need to talk, we need to pray more about the situation than talk about it. Right? We need to talk to God more about it. And so they're murmuring and complaining. And, I'm, you know, I was, I was thinking, Moses, man, he must have been so frustrated. He's like, what do I got to do with the water? Really? You know? And we also know that their, their murmuring and complaining one time caused him to sin. Remember when he smote the rock real hard? Got a little angry, got a little fleshly. And so it says, they says they complained and cried out to the Lord. Sorry. Complained that the waters were um, uh, against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? And so verse 25 says, he cried out to the Lord and the Lord, this is a powerful statement. The Lord showed him a tree. And when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And therefore he made a statute and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them. I want you to write this down in your notes. That's, that, that tree is a symbol of the cross. Amen. I heard, I heard my pastor, Pastor Jones, mention this was a powerful statement. He said, we need to throw the cross into our mess. Are you listening to me tonight? Moses could not do anything himself, but he took that tree. We know that the tree is a symbol of the cross. He threw it into the water, and that water turned sweet. We need to get to where we're putting the cross into our mess. Amen. We need to throw that cross in there and let the cross do what the cross does. Amen. He, everything that happened on that cross gave us liberty and freedom and deliverance tonight from all these things. Amen. How many are thankful for the cross tonight? Amen. Throw the cross into your mess. Amen. And let the cross take care of it. Number two. So number one's complaining. Jealousy and envy are root of bitterness. Jealousy and and envy. Now, as we go through these things and, and listen to them and we say, Lord, is that a symptom that I have? Is that something that I have? Again, this is something the Holy Spirit has to reveal to you. You need to ask, you need to maybe step back and think, do I get jealous of people? Do, am I envious? Do I complain? Do, do I say, am I always taking something and, and, and oh, well, it could be like this or it could be like that? These are spirits that we have to deal with. These are things that want to attach to us and we have to keep them off of us. Okay, let's go to James chapter 3 real quick. I'm going to run through these. How many are getting something tonight? James chapter 3 verse 14. James 3, 14, he says, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast against, and, sorry, and lie against the truth. Now watch this. The wis this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. That means jealousy and envy are demonic. Amen? Come on, church. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a strong statement. Jealousy and envy are a spirit of the enemy. So what does that mean? That means I have to make sure that I'm keeping my heart pure and I don't allow the victories. I talk about this a lot. The victories of somebody else to become uh, a, a stumbling block for me. 
I need to have the right heart that when somebody else gets blessed, even with something that I might desire, I'm happy for them. I'm not jealous. I'm not envious. I'm not saying, well, God, how come I didn't get that? How come you didn't do that for me? How come that doesn't happen to me yet? And you get that spirit where, watch what happens, complaining and jealousy and envy all become friends. Right? We start complaining, man, God, you know, I've been doing this or I've been doing that. And it's just, it's dangerous. These are things we've got to make sure we keep off of us. We keep them off of us. And guess who has control of that? Who has control of that? You do, and I do. Can you control the complaining, jealousy, anger, uh, envy, or anything of anybody else? Can you, complain? Can you control that? No. So don't try. Work on yourself. That's why Philippians says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen? It says, have holiness in your life. Without it, you will not see God. This is, again, this is not a condemning message. This is a cleaning message. This is a message that's always just working on us and getting get the mirror in front of us. Amen? We know that uh, without going to the story, what was it that killed and destroyed the destiny that Joseph's brothers had? Jealousy and envy. Right? They, they could not stand that Joseph was going to be better than them. They could not stand that. Now, we know that Joseph didn't handle himself the greatest way in the beginning. He was a little boastful and he was a little immature and everything. But he had to go through some serious struggle, struggles because his brothers were jealous and envious of the, of the call of God on his life. Amen? Listen, don't, don't ever be jealous or envious of the call of God on somebody's life. Listen closely to that. You can want that, that anointing. You can, you, can, you can pray, God, use me like that. But be careful that you become jealous or envious of somebody else's walk with God or call of God. That's a dangerous place to be. They got jealous and envious of him, and it caused them. I don't think they woke up one morning and said, you know what? They eventually plotted this, but I don't think they just woke up and said, you know what? We just hate Joseph so much, we should kill him today. That happened because of the spirit of jealous and envy. They didn't deal with it. And so then it got to a place like, let's just kill this dude. We're tired of him. But they didn't just like wake up in the morning and think, well, let's just murder someone today. That doesn't happen overnight. It takes, it takes not dealing with it over and over again. Amen. Number three. So number one is complaining. Number two is jealousy and envy. Number three is sickness and disease. Okay, these are some things that, again, doesn't mean I don't complain sometimes, doesn't mean I'll never get jealous, doesn't mean I'll never get sick. These are things that if you just see consistently in your life over and over again, this is something you might need to say, hey, God, do I have a root of bitterness in my life? Listen to Proverbs 14.30. It says, a sound heart is life to the body. And... Sorry, but envy, listen to this, is rottenness to the bones. Okay? Rottenness to the bones. The NLT in the Living says that it's cancer in the bones. So envy is cancer. That's the first thing I said in the very beginning of the message, is cancer is destroying the host. If I've got a root of bitterness today, listen, it might make somebody miserable around me. It might bother somebody around me. If you've been around somebody who has a root of bitterness, um, then you, you, it would bother you, but it's not going to affect you personally because that's them. Now, that spirit can rub off, 
if you stay around it too long, that spirit can become um, a, a place where you either get annoyed with it or you begin to misery loves company. Amen. There's nothing worse than finding two or three or four or five people together that have roots of bitterness. That's, that's when it gets real bad, when there's a society of the root of bitterness. Amen. Then, then they just say, hey, we're miserable. Let's stay miserable together. Amen. Let's, let's, let's be friends. That's not good. Let, let me give you an example. In Luke 13, how many remember the story of a woman that was bent over and could not stand up straight? Remember, remember that? Jesus prayed for her. The Bible says that she had a spirit of, of infirmity. There's a spirit there. And, and I, I, I strongly believe a lot of times that a lot, if people don't deal with forgiveness and jealousy and anger and complaining and those things, it is dangerous to your health. And it will cause you to, to have physical problems in your body. Amen? Number four, anger. A root of bitterness. Anger. Anger is a root of bitterness. Again, doesn't mean you don't ever get angry. But are you always angry? Are you always mad about something? Does just anything get you mad? Does anything just pop you off and get you upset? Amen. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 as I begin to close. And let's look at this. I want you to see this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. And this kind of pulls it all together. Ephesians chapter 4, 31 and 32. So number one, complaining. What's number two? Jealousy and envy. Number three, sickness and disease. Number four, anger. Anger. Maybe you're like, man, I am always angry. I'm always mad. But you know what? You know, you know who can reveal that to you? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. I can't reveal that to you. Your spouse can tell you, but it's not going to change you, right? Someone, a friend can say, dude, you're always mad. What's the deal? A friend could say, man, every time somebody gives a, gets, get up and gets, gives a testimony, I can just see your face. You're mad. You're angry. You're jealous. You know, I, every, time, you know every time something happens, you just complain. It doesn't matter if it, was, if it was perfect. You'd complain about it being too perfect. Amen. Amen. Right? You, you can have a friend that can just sit there and speak. Thank God for friends that can speak things into your life. But even then... That can't change you. You have to have, I have to have a personal revelation of the Holy Spirit where he says, hey, this is something you've got to deal with. Because guess who's going to be miserable? You. Guess who has cancer? You. Guess who that's eating away? You. Amen. Now, like I said, it can, it can affect the family. It can affect the marriage. But look at what uh, Ephesians chapter 4, 31 and 32 says. Let all bitterness and wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you, okay, with all malice. Now, who, who puts that away? Who puts it away? We do. We have to. I can't come put away your bitterness. I can't come put away your wrath. You can't come put away my anger. My, you can't do that. It's not like you can do a favor for each other. No, you, you have to deal with this yourself. He says, put it away. But before I can put it away, i got to realize it's a problem. i got to realize this is a symptom in my life, and, and I want the blessings of God to flow through my life because that's what the Bible says is his promise. He wants the blessings. I'm not saying we don't have struggles. I'm not saying we don't have problems. That's obvious. We're going to have them. I'm saying that it should not be consistent. 
Those are things that should come up and they should be dealt with. Amen. Don't, don't live with these things. Then he says, verse 32, and be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another. And here's the key, church. Here's the key. Forgiving even as God in Christ forgave you. Right? You know, the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. We have been given much grace. Don't ever forget that. We, 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 listen, we're in a world that is just saturating us with do what feels right, do what feels good, do what you think you should do, do you know, just, just, do, just do you. Just don't worry about nobody else. You can't be a believer and be like that, church. We have to get to a place where we are, are beyond that and we're saying, God, I, I'm not going to let this get on me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dust my, I'm gonna dust this off of me, and 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 I'm gonna pray God for that person that I might feel uh, has a situation in their life that shouldn't be there. Amen. But watch this. Pay attention to me as I close with this last one. Watch this. This is so important. Don't be the person who's sitting here tonight thinking of somebody else, maybe here or that you know that needs to hear this message. Don't be that person. Don't be that person right now that's going, man, I, I hope so-and-so hears this. Or I, I, I don't want to look back, but I, let me look, you know. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. Be the person that says, God, are you, are you speaking to me? Is there anything in my life, anything in my life that's complaining, that's bitterness, sorry, envy, that's, that's jealousy, that's anger, that's, that's consistent sickness. Why am I, you know, just one thing to the next? Do I have a bad immune system or do I have an issue? And here's the last one, number five, regret. Always regretting things. You're always, oh, I wish I would have. Oh, I wish. Stop wishing you would have and start doing it. I wish, I wish, I wish, I should have, I should have, I, sh I could have, I could have. Don't be that person. Don't live in regret. Listen to what 2 Corinthians 7.10 says. This is, a, this is a great verse just to tie everything up. For godly sorrow produces repentance. When we, when we look in the mirror, we say, God, I am so unworthy of your salvation. When was the last time you did that? The last time you said, God, I just want to thank you that in spite of who I am and in spite of how bad I can be sometimes, you still love me. You died for me on the cross. That, 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 that godliness produces repentance. Another verse in the Old Testament says, his kindness leads me to repentance. It leads me to repentance, his kindness, his luring. You know when you know it's God? It's a whole other message, condemnation and, and, and conviction. You know when it's God? God's luring you to him. He's saying, hey, come here. We, our, our relationship's been affected lately because of some of these things I'm, that the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now. Don't get mad. Don't get angry about it. Don't feel condemned about it. If you're feeling condemned right now, that's the devil. That's not God. God is, his, 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 his kindness is leading you to repentance. He's saying, I can forgive that. He's saying, I can heal that disease. He's saying, I can heal that anger. I can heal that jealousy. I can heal that envy. I can heal that complaining in your life. I can fix those regrets. 
Because that goes back to Psalms 30, verse 5. His mercy is new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. Right? It goes back to that. So here's the last thing I want you to hear. I'm going to finish this verse. Godly sorrow produces repentance. This is number five regret. Leading to salvation. Listen, it says not to be regretted. Not to be regretted. And then he says, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Amen? Forgive yourself. Write that down. Forgive yourself. You know who your worst enemy is? You. My worst enemy is me. God is not mad at you like you think he is. God is not hoping that you fail like you think he is. God is not angry at you. He might be disappointed in us sometimes, but he's not angry at us. He loves us. He's luring us. He's, he's causing us to say, hey, I can fix that. I'm a big God. I'm a, I can fix that. And all he wants us to do is just come and say, man, Lord, thank you tonight for speaking to me. You know what? You might be perfect in here tonight, and you're 0 for 5 on that. Praise God. Maybe you're having a good month. Maybe tonight, honestly, you, you feel like, hey, I got all five of those together. Praise God. Praise God. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as it's the truth. As long as it's not you telling yourself that. But if the Holy Spirit is like, hey, you know, I, I almost feel like even if you were good on those, he'd still be like, hey, let's work on this, though, because he's never going to let us off the hook. He's going to be like, you know, those five things he just mentioned, you're good on, but let me tell you what you need to work on. Right? Isn't that how the Holy Spirit is? He might have given you a whole different list of five. But if there's a root of bitterness, it's something you can't see. Some, we need someone like Pastor Bland's neighbor to come over and say, look, man, you didn't see this. You, you're doing everything right, but the enemy has snuck in. And if you don't deal with that poison right there, that weed, it's going to keep growing and you're never going to see it. What a great thing to have a spouse, a friend, a family member, someone in church, a, a person that's a family here that can say, hey, in love, I see something in you that, that God wants to change in love and then you receive that and then you tell them if you see something in me if you see any of these things in my life please hold me accountable so come tell me this is you know you didn't you might say you didn't used to be like this you used to be happy all the time and now you're complaining on whatever it is there's there's a power in that amen there's a power in that now don't go up to somebody you don't know and never talk to and say hey man i th i felt like tonight four out of five was for you you know, you did, I think, I'm not going to tell you which ones. Let the Holy Spirit lead you on that. Don't do that. Amen. Amen. That, would, that wouldn't work too well. But if you have that relationship, God can help us. Father, thank you tonight for this congregation, for this night, for your word, for your spirit, for your love that leads us to repentance. Fathers, we're here praying tonight as we're here we just want to say how thankful we are that we're not in a hurricane. God, that we're not in a place that so many people are of danger. There's so much for us to be thankful for, God. But Lord, even if we were in the hurricane, even if we were in a place ravaged by devastation, we can still guard. You know, tonight, Lord, down in Houston, in Puerto Rico, and all these places that disaster's happening, there's people who 
are fighting the root of bitterness right now. They're saying, God, why me? But Lord, instead of complaining, instead of being jealous or envious, instead of getting angry, we can go to you and say, God, you're the God of all creation. You're the God of everything tonight. I want you to just take control of my life tonight. I want you to just have your way tonight. How many tonight as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed on this Wednesday night would just let the Holy Spirit minister to you, speak to you. Wednesday night's an awesome night because we can come in tired, vulnerable, and God can do a miracle in us tonight. He can speak to us. I want to be holy, God. I want to be righteous, Father. How many tonight would say, I don't even know Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Once again, you're listening online. You're here in this place tonight. If something horrible struck my life tonight, if death came, if I passed into eternity, I don't know for sure I would go to heaven. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one enters into heaven except through Jesus. The Bible says he's the only name given under heaven by which we can be saved. He died on the cross for your mess. He died on the cross for your salvation. And all you have to do is look on him and say, Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you came down from heaven to die for me. And if you believe that tonight and confess that with your mouth and believe it in your heart, you'll be saved, the Bible says. Call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. How many tonight could say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm not saved. I don't know where I'd go if I passed into eternity tonight, but I want to know. Just put your hand up and put it right back down. Pray for me tonight. God bless you. He sees your hands. Pray for me. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to have any doubts. I don't want to, I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to miss out. Listen, eternity's forever. It's not just a long time, it's longer than we can even fathom and imagine. God made eternity for us. He made heaven for us. Hell is not for us. Hell is for those who reject his grace, reject his salvation. Maybe you're here tonight and you're backslidden, you're cold. You've at one point in your life given your life to Jesus, but tonight you need to be saved. You need to come home. You need to be restored. Say, that's me, Pastor. Pray for me, please. That's me. He sees your heart tonight. As we stand to our feet, I want to sing that last worship song we sang tonight.